Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 20. I believe that air is going to kick in in a minute. Um, if, if you don't have your Bible, most of these verses will be on the screen. In Matthew 20, verse 30, the Bible says, Two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming that way, They began shouting, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Be quiet, the crowd yelled at them. But they only shouted louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. When Jesus heard them, he stopped and called. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, we want to see. Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Instantly, they could see. Then they followed him. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, What Do You Want God to Do for You? Pray with me. God, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for being more than able. God, you're always enough. And God, I pray that right now you'd anoint me to say the things that would honor you and give us ears to hear what the Spirit says to us in Jesus' name. Amen. This is one of those titles that I've talked about for years that one day I'm just going to read the scripture, announce the title, and we're just going to go right into wholesale uh, falling on the floor, crying out to God time. Because if you're here and you're saved, you shouldn't need a whole lot of preaching to get you to the place where you know what God, what you want God, what you need God, what you're desperate for God to do for you. But I'm going to preach it up to you anyway uh, because nobody ran, fell on the altar and threw all their money on the stage. So we'll keep going. Think, think about this. As, as I was getting ready for this message, I thought, and I think this so often, but two of the most comforting truths to me about God is that he never changes and he doesn't play favorites. How awesome would it be if everybody was like that? They never change and they never play favorites. I like straight up people. I like straightforward people. I like even blunt people. I like people who tell it like an IS is. I, if you don't like me, I'm not, I'm not upset if you let me know up front you don't like me. Because I'd rather have somebody tell me up front they don't like me than pretend to like me and talk about me behind my back. Anybody else? I just like honest. I like people who, who are what they say they are and they stay who they say they are. That's, that's one of the most comforting things about God. He never changes. If you ever liked anything about God, you ought to still like it because he's still the same. If you're ever thankful to God for anything, you ought to still be thankful because he's still the same. But not only does he never change, he doesn't play favorites. Uh, the, the reality is seen throughout Scripture that what God did for someone else, he's able to do for you. And everybody in this room needs God to do something for them. If we started right down front with Nancy and went all the way back in the corner to Alfred And we just said, what do you want God to do for you? By the time it came to you, I hope you'd have a right, ready answer. I hope you know right now what it is you want. Well, I just want the little children around the world to be saved. Uh, Maybe you do. But what do you want him to do for you and yours? We're going to look at it. We're going to get into it. Uh, Let me me give you some proof text verses for what I've just talked about. Hebrews 13.8, the Bible says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never going to change. The Jesus we read about in, the, in Matthew, same Jesus he is today. The Jesus we read about in the book of the Revelation, same Jesus that he is today. The Jesus talked about in Genesis through Malachi, same. you say, is Jesus in the Old Testament? I, lo- I love the way one theologian said, the scarlet thread of redemption is sown throughout the entire Bible in every book and every chapter. And the same Jesus that did what he did then, is still the same today. In Malachi 3.6, God said, I am the Lord and I do not change. Now, this wouldn't be great for every human being. If you're awesome, then sure. But most people need to change. Amen? Amen. Imagine somebody doing something that gets on your nerves and they're like, 
I'm like God. I don't change. You just need to let him know. Well, God don't chew with his mouth open and spill food on his plate. Anyway, God doesn't change. Say, don't change. In Romans 2.11, I told you he doesn't play favorites. Romans 2.11 says, for God does not show favoritism. Woo! I've met very few parents in my life that did not show favoritism to their children. Listen, you can say I love all my children the same. Uh, yeah, but there's that one you really want to beat more than the other one. <laughs> you might love all your children the same, but there's that one that knows how to get to that n- right in the back of your neck. God's not like that. God's love is the same for all his children, and he doesn't play favoritism, this is good news for me because I don't have to do anything to get from God what God has for me because I'm his child and he loves me and it's not based on my works. It's based on my faith in his son's death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. And if you believe Jesus died, buried, and was rose again, you are one of God's children. And here's the thing. No matter how many people put that bad, wrong bumper sticker on the back of their car, I'm God's favorite. No, 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 that'd be me. Um, but no, just kidding. God doesn't have favorites. This ought to blow your mind. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. He loves you as much as he loves Peter, Paul. I almost said in Mary, but that'd be in a, a group back from Ken and Diane's time. He, he loves you as much as he loves the apostle Paul. This is good news today. In Acts 10.4, Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. So much, this is so true that they wrote a chorus about it that says it is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. And I want you to get that concept in your mind because knowing that he never changes and he doesn't play favorites, it gives me hope that anything he ever did for somebody else, he can do for me, listen, 1 Corinthians 10, 11 says these things happen to them as examples for us. When you read the Bible and you read this set of stories and historical accounts, the Bible says that they happened to these people a long time ago so they could be examples for us. When you read the Bible, I want you to be looking for the example that God has for us. Now, there's a lot of awesome things God has done for people in the Bible. If it was Wednesday night, open discussion, interactive format, I wish more of you would come to church on Wednesday night. We have a great time studying the Bible. We, we have some discussion back and forth. But if it was Wednesday night, I'd, I'd take a few comments of what God has done for people in the Bible. But since it's Sunday, I'll just tell you, here's one. He saved people. I wish that was better news for you. If you get everything else wrong in life, but you get salvation right, you're going to live in heaven in glory forever. He, he, not only did he save people, here, here's something else awesome. He saved their family members. Oh, my goodness. Listen, when I, when I start asking what do you want God to do for you, well, that ought to be top two on your list. Number one, save me. Number two, save all my family members. Not, uh, he did that for plenty of people in the Bible. Not only that, but he healed them. He delivered them. He blessed them. He encouraged them. He led them. He motivated them. He directed them. All these things that God did for other people, hear me good, he can do for you. I don't know what God's been doing for you today, this week, this month, but here's what I know. He wants to do more. He, he wants you to get to a place where you are really allowing him to have full control over your life. Whatever he did for others, he can do for you. Let's look in our text, Matthew 20, verse 30. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. They heard that Jesus was coming their way. They began shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Now, here, get, get, get the scene. Get the picture. Jesus is walking around. Crowds are all around him. See, when Jesus was passing out food and doing miracles for people, he had masses of people gathering around him. But when he was just teaching the truth about God's word, they all fled and went home. So much so that Jesus, in John chapter 6, had to look at his 12. When everybody, the Bible says, departed and left him, he looked at his 12 and said, Will you go away too? 
people were hanging out when there was free stuff to be had. That's why churches give away popcorn. That's why churches have raffles. That's why churches play games. Uh, well, other churches, not Abundant Life. Uh, but we are going to have a chili cook-off, and it's going to be awesome. And two blind men sitting beside the road, crowds pressing on Jesus. And when they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting. The first word they said is, Lord. And you see a comma there. And I've taught you for a long time, pay attention to the punctuation. It's going to help you understand better. It's going to give you greater comprehension of what God is saying. And the first word out of their mouth is, Lord. Now, when we say Lord, uh, the majority of the time I hear people say Lord, they don't even say Lord, they say Lord. And, and, and they preface it with, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. And that, that's not respectful to God. Let's, let's figure out something else to say. Um, but the word Lord here means Messiah, Savior, the anointed one, the, 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 the remedy that God they recognize that Jesus is not just the son of a carpenter walking down the street with people following him. They recognize that he is the Lord sent from heaven. So they, they, they understand who Jesus is, and then they say, son of David. Now, if someone's looking at, at Jesus, they're like, look at these two blind men. They, they can't see, and they don't know genealogy. That's the son of John. Uh, no, Joseph. That's the son of Joseph, the carpenter. But really, was Joseph the carpenter the father of Jesus Christ? No, he wasn't. He, God is the father of Jesus Christ. It is said of the Virgin Mary that God would overshadow her and she would conceive uh, a child from God's spirit. They knew exactly who Jesus was. And I take time to tell you that because it's only those who know who Jesus is that have the right to ask him to do something personal for them. Until you get saved, everything that you're asking God for is, is, is not really what you need. Now, I reference this because it's my true story. There, there were plenty of times I eventually, I had to get off, just as a lost person, I had to get off drinking Bacardi 151. If you ever get sick enough on something, you just, do, you, that's it, I'm out, I'm, that, that's off the list for me. I had dry heaves one night for so long. I, I was lost, unsaved, didn't pray as a habit, but I, anybody know, any, anybody get to pray in that situation? Room spinning, nothing coming up. Man, uh, I didn't know, I'm asking God to let these dry heaves go away, and I'm not even recognizing who he is or asking him for what I really need. See, the first step is recognize him for who he is and establish a relationship with him. I tell people this. We have people come by the church all the time asking for this, that, and the other, wanting a light bill paid. Uh, I mean, they, people get good at it. People bring babies. People, walk in. This, this is my granddaughter. I, I'm, I'm $12.37 short for the medicine uh, at Walgreens. Can, can you help me? Let's, let's go to Walgreens. Well, I can't go right now uh, because it, I, I, I got to get back uh, and drop. I'm like, I thought you were desperate. But people get creative, and I always ask them the same thing. Do you have a home church? Do you go to church? Well, no, I ain't really about all that church thing. I ain't really in. I said, but you come to church when you need a handout. And I tell you, you're like, Pastor, that's hard. Listen, it's real. And I tell God has, God has commanded me to be a faithful steward over the tithes and offerings that this group of people brings. I'm not just going to throw money, all, good money after bad. And I, I ask them. Wouldn't it be easier if you came to a church, had a relationship with a church, knew the pastor? And I told him, and I mean this with all my heart, there's not one faithful member in our church. If you show up and you know who we are and we know who you are, you can get what you need out of us. We're here for you, and we expect you to be here for us. But a stranger asking a stranger for something, how many of y'all know that ain't good etiquette? That's not how life works. You develop a relationship with God. You get to know who God is, and then you can start asking him for stuff that you really want. These people were in that position. Now, there's always haters. Say haters. haters. These, these, these th verse 31 haters said, be quiet, the crowd yelled at them. Now, see, they're lucky they didn't say that on the west side of Jacksonville because they'd have probably got the, the, the greatest comeback ever. Who is you? Tell me to shut up. Who is you? But 
Instead of combating them, they just shouted louder. Same thing. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. See, they wanted Jesus to know, we know you, we believe in you, we recognize who you are before they ever ask for anything. It's easy to ask God for stuff when you know how much he loves you. And so they weren't going to let the haters stop them. If you don't hear anything else out of this message today, don't you dare let somebody prevent you from getting to God. Don't you let a family member stop you from getting close to God. Don't let you let anybody prevent you from getting closer to God. God is coming down your street. You need to say, hey. They were not going to be shut up by the crowd. We got a lot of people. We got cancel culture going on right now. We got people trying to find somebody, something they did. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it has gotten out of control. I don't care what they do. Uh, to NBA basketball owners. They're all billionaires. They all got more money than they deserve. But, man, they really went on a deep reach for what they're doing. Anybody see what they're doing to the owner of the Phoenix Suns? They're forcing him to sell his team because they saw a 10-year-old email where he quoted a player using the N-word uh, and wrote the whole sentence out. And they said, you use the N-word on written correspondence. You can't be an owner here. We're we, 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 we kicking you out of the NBA. I'm like, well, that's, you know, call fouls how you see them, I guess. Uh, but the cancel culture is so real right now. Do you know people will try to dig stuff up on you just to cancel you? When, listen, I, and I tell people, don't boil me down to my worst decision in my life. And I'm not going to boil you down to your worst decision in life. Nobody wants the worst 10 minutes of their life shown on this screen. But there's always people out there trying to cancel what you're trying to accomplish. And I want you to hear this good. If you are in pursuit of God, don't let anybody cancel you. If you are in pursuit of God, don't let anybody hush you down. Don't let anybody. Some of y'all get in here and you want to praise and worship God big time. But you see the coldness in other people and you let that. Hey, don't let their cold water douse your fire out. You praise him how you want to. You worship him because he's worthy. They would not be shut up by these people. In verse 32, when Jesus heard them, he stopped and called. Now, this is funny to me because I have an active brain, and I believe the Bible is a literal book. Uh, there's some metaphors in there. There's some figurative speech in there, but I believe primarily the Bible is a literal book. And when it says stuff like when Jesus heard them, comma, that's cause for pause. Stop and think about it. Pause on the punctuation. Digest it. Get it down into your spirit so you can understand it. I, when I read that, I thought when Jesus heard them, well, this is Jesus. We're going to play like he didn't hear them the first time. We're going to play like he didn't know what they were going to say before he showed up that day. When he heard them. Uh, how many of y'all know? Uh, there's people in the room right now. Everybody hears the sound of my voice. I'm amplified and I'm loud. I got a microphone. Everybody's looking in my direction. Everybody hears me, but everybody's not what? Everybody's not hearing me. Uh, there, there's a difference between connecting to what is being said. And Jesus wanted them to say it more than once. And that's, that's when he connected to what they said. He stopped and called to them. What do you want me to do for you? <laughs> they should have broke out into oh happy day right then. They should have broke out into glory, glory, hallelujah right then. Because if God ever comes your way and says, I see you. I hear you. What do you, listen, this is better than three wishes from a genie, y'all, because that's fake. When God says, what do you want me to do for you, he is legit, and he is for real. And because he's done that before, I know he'll do it again. Because he did it for others, I know he's willing to do it for us. And he asked them, what do you want me? Now, how many of y'all know? Jesus knew what they wanted. He didn't have to be God in the flesh to know what they wanted. It's two blind dudes. I mean, he knew what, uh, they, what, what if they'd have said, uh, you know, fish sandwiches and fries would be good right about now. <laughs> Trying to get a little barbecue on the side. No, he knew what they, it was obvious what they wanted. But he wanted them to ask. He wanted them to say it. He wanted them to open their mouth and confess what they wanted. Whoo. Verse 33. They said, Lord, here they go again. Lord, comma. That's cause for what? 
calls for pause. You got to stop and think about that. They keep calling him Lord. Why? Because that's who he is. And when you recognize him for who he is, you put yourself in a position of being able to ask him for what you want. Too many lost folk out there asking God for stuff they got no right for. That's why we never jumped on that train that a lot of people jumped on. Now, we did jump on one train. I think every church in America at some point played through God is good and all the time. We played through that for a little bit. But then when I saw people rolling their eyes as we were saying it, I'm like, we ain't going to disrespect God like that. But we never did jump on that one that's popular. Joel Osteen popularized it. Uh, everybody hold up their Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says. Uh, mm -mm, uh, we ain't about to stand up here and say this, I am what it says I am, while majority of people live in raggedy and are not what it says. I have what it says I have. No, you don't. You, you busted, disgusted, can't be trusted, broke as a joke, uh, life's all messed. No, we're not going to stand up. I, I can do what it says I can do. Well, we're not going to stand up there and say that. That's like people saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and they can't even break their daily addiction. They can't even read their Bible five days in a row. Okay? You got to know who God is, recognize him for who he is, to begin to start asking him for what you want. And uh, take this as a hint. If God's not hearing you, if God's not doing anything for you, if God's not responding to your requests, there's something deficient on your part. Mm, we don't like that, but the truth's the truth. Anyhow, they said, Lord, we want to see. All right, now remember, I prefaced all this by saying, by reading the scripture that declares God does not play favorites. By referencing the scripture that says God is the same and he never changes. By referencing the scripture that teaches us that we have these stories for our examples. And if he did it for them, he could do it for us. And listen to what verse 34. Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Instantly, they could see. Then they followed him. I love that last part. That's the appropriate behavior. When God does something good for us, we should follow him. Now, that word follow is in a continuous tense, not, not in a, um, a present tense. It, it's something that they made their lifestyle. And I hope that because of who God is, your recognition of who God is and what he's done for you, that it is your determination in a continuous tense to follow him. That's the right behavior. That's the right response. Now, Jesus said to these men, what do you want me to do for you. I'm going to wrap this up real quick. We're going, we, you're, you're going to be shocked at how fast I finished right here. Listen, tomorrow's two months since I had this tumor taken out the back of my head from right here. Um, put, uh, tomorrow will be two months. I'm just now back to wearing collared shirts because they, they cut me right here up and hooked around and they drew a line right down here through my neck. I'm just, I'm still not real comfortable wearing collared shirts, uh, but I'm in my healing process. Tomorrow will be two months since the day that the head and neck surgeon put over 60 stitches in my head and my neck. Now, all surgeries have risks. Not, not yet, not yet. All surgeries, take that down. All, they, they, they're going to stare at that. Take that down. Thank you. All surgeries have risks. Say risks. Uh, and here's what's wild. Used to be, or even in some places today, if somebody messes up and, and, and does you harm, you know, lawn man comes to your house and uh, shoots rocks all through your sliding glass window, he's got to pay for it. You can sue him if you can't. Uh, head and neck surgeon goes digging into your head. Now, my surgery was scheduled on the, in the operating room for two and a half hours. took over five hours. It was much bigger and more complicated than they thought it was going to be, and it was more entailed than they thought it was going to be. Uh, but I had to sign that same paper that every person has to sign when they go into surgery. If anything bad happens to you, you can't sue them. You can't, your heirs can't sue them. You, you might come off with, what, what it, well, the two biggest risks for this surgery, the, the tumor removal from uh, behind my parotid gland, between my parotid gland and my brain, the two biggest risks are facial paralysis and Fry's syndrome. Now, when I went back... For my first follow-up to get the stitches removed, uh, Seth was with me. My son, wave at everybody, Seth. They know who you are. Uh, Seth was with me, my youngest son. He, uh, he was driving me, and we got there, and we both looked at each other. When this doctor sat down, he went, oh, 
I am so happy to see that movement in your face. And we were like, and we talked about it after we left. He, he was expecting that paralysis, wasn't he, son? We could tell by the way he, he thought because he said we had no idea how entailed this was going to be. He said that the tumor in the back of your head was so heavy, he said he tossed it up and down, and it felt like a pool ball in his hand. He said it was so dense, and it took so much longer that he was concerned that I might be, he said he'd been doing this surgery for over a decade, and he never had any facial paralysis um, patients before, and he was worried that I was going to be the first one. So thank God my face still moves. Amen. Amen. Now, I do have, it's all numb right here. I can't feel any of this. And I don't know if this part of your body is designed to move. I don't think I ever could wiggle, wiggle my ears. But anyway, um, so no, no real facial paralysis. And the second is Fry's syndrome. This, you, this, this, you can look this up. It's F-R-E-Y-S. Don't look it up now. F-R-E-Y apostrophe S. Fry's syndrome. And this is so obscure. Fry's syndrome is when they do work on your facial nerve um, between your head and your neck, and you end up getting your salivary gland and your neck sweat gland reversed, reattached wrong. And he had never had anybody get Fry's syndrome, and I told him that I had Fry's syndrome. He didn't believe me. And so what, what is Fry's syndrome? Well, when, you're, when you eat food, I always thought this was just an expression, mouth-watering good. When you smell food that you like, when you talk about it or when you dream about it, your mouth actually, your salivary glands kick in, helps kickstart your digestive process. So imagine Fry's syndrome. Neck sweat reversed with salivary glands. So guess what was happening to me every time I ate? Sweat pouring down my neck instead of saliva moistening my food. And, and I thought, man, I don't like this. I mean, and I thought, you know, some people just be glad the tumor's out of your head and don't complain, but I eat out every night. And Seth can tell you, um, did, did I do this more than once at every meal, Seth? Constantly. I'm just, I got sweat coming down my neck at a restaurant, and I'm, I'm trying to play it off cool and, 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 and just wipe it and keep going. But it was beyond annoying, and here's what I did based on what I have revealed to you uh, scripturally today, I said, God, you said that I can tell you what I want you to do for me. I want you to give. I looked up. For, there is no cure for it. Here's what, here's what the doctor told me. He said, just put some uh, antiperspirant on your neck. Ain't that crazy? Like, you want me? And then he played funny with me because I, I misquoted him. He said, I said, you want me to put deodorant on my neck? He said, not at all. Anybody know where I messed up? He said, I want you to put antiperspirant on your neck. I said, I am not putting no antiperspirant. I ain't doing it. He said, well, that, he said that or, I don't know. Anybody know how to pronounce the word? What, how do you say Botox in real language, Keon? Whatever that word, long word is, it's that rat poison they shoot in women's eyebrows so they can't move their wrinkled forehead. He want to shoot that in my neck. Ain't sure about that, Doc. I pray about this. Uh, you be putting no no botulotoxin in my face. Mm -mm. I ain't no middle-aged woman. Sometimes it just comes out, y'all. Sometimes it just comes out. That's not. And, and they said that the, that shot lasts six to twelve months. I'm like, you want to rat poison me up every six months for the rest of my life? He said, it's either that or, I'm like, I'm, I'm a, and here's the thing. I have almost never done this um, because the Bible says your words, uh, that you're snared by the words of your mouth. When you speak something, uh, you release that in, into the earth and, and you're held captive by it. You're held accountable to it. Uh, one time, I, God had just told me in advance that uh, he was going to do something, that he was actually going to change the seal of Clay County. Uh, nobody told me this, and I stood up and told I put a date on it. And I said, by this date, that seal will say, in God we trust. And w within way earlier than I said, Clay County changed its seal. I put it on the screen in front of everybody. I said, now look at that. 
And y'all don't have to take me outside and stone me because that's what they do to prophets to tell lies. But I thought, God's going to heal me of this. I just felt in my heart, God is going to. Now, I've got things that God hadn't healed me from, but I'm just convinced. I wasn't going to leave a restaurant every night with my collar laid up with sweat. And, I, and so I started telling people, I'm going to be the first person. That, you study Fry's syndrome. It's incurable. It's non, it is reversible through a, a very sketchy, risky, might par paralyze your face when they go in and cut you open again, detach all your facial nerves and try to piece them back together again. No, no, I'll deal with the sweat over paralysis. Thank you very much. But I just began to pray, and I just began to ask God, and I started telling people, God's going to heal this. And that's a lot to put on somebody, because what if he don't? But I knew it was going to happen, and I wasn't talking about in heaven. I was talking about in this life. So I'm, I'm riding home, collars full of sweat, and I ask God, heal me this. I start telling people, God's going to heal me, and he did. I'm glad you're happy. So I go back to my neck, head and neck surgeon. I, uh, I, he, he wanted to know if I made a decision about the Botox. I said, oh, God healed me. He said, what do you mean? I said, it's not happening anymore. He said, well, that's not possible. It's, 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 it, it doesn't go away like that. He said, he said, you probably, what you probably had wasn't Fry's syndrome. You probably were leaking on your neck from your sutures and um, because Fry's syndrome doesn't go away. He said there's no written account in medical history where Fry's syndrome started and went away without, uh, you can treat it, you can't make it go away without uh, reversal surgery. And he said you probably just had that, a little bit of moisture dripping uh, from your sutures and See, this is why I write stuff down. And this is why I take pictures. Just, just, to, just, to, just to document. Because document, documentation beats conversation all day long. So let, let, me, let me see those pictures. I don't know how they'll come off on the screen if y'all can see it. But you see, the, you see this scar right here. Does that sweat look like it's above the scar or below the scar? Is it possible for sweat from the scar to run uphill? <laughs> it is not. And he's like, oh, my. And then I showed him the next picture. I said, you see that wet on my collar, Doc? You see, you see that sweat draining down across my scar into my collar? He said, well, that's definitely Fry's syndrome. Flip, flip to the last one. Uh, that, that's just another. You can see where my collar, all around my collar, is starting to get wet. I'm telling you, from the first bite of food, especially, chip, I love chips and salsa. If, if, if I had to eat something right off the, if chip, I love, from the first taste of salsa in my mouth, and I read it, and it's savory foods or spicy foods, you usually kickstart this more. So he's like, he said, well, that's definitely Fry's syndrome. You take that down now. Um, he said, that's definitely Fry's syndrome. I said, well, what you got to say about it? I said, that ain't leaking from no sutures. That's God healing me. And here's what he said, and it was a great answer. He said, well, I've learned never um, to argue with success, just appreciate it. I said, well, I sure do appreciate it. But, but here, I, and I told him, I said, we should have documented this because you could have been published and peer-reviewed, written up in journals. Um, he said, I, I don't care nothing about being published. I'm just glad your neck's not sweating. <laughs> now, see, that might be a small thing to you, but here's what it is to me. It was big to me, and I knew God could fix it, and I asked him to, and I walked in faith believing that he would, and he did. Y'all don't feel me. One of my favorite scriptures of all time, come on, Victor, one of my favorite scriptures of all time is Philippians 4, 6, and here's what it says. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Look at that last part. Let your requests be made known unto God. Now, some companies have a suggestion box. 
Anybody ever, ever heard of a, a company having a suggestion box? You really think they pay attention to that stuff? No. They've been trying to make you feel good. Tell us what you'd like to see happen with the future of our company and tell us how, 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 how you know, your ideas. And they throw all that in the trash. God doesn't play games like that. God said, let your request be made known unto me. What you want, tell daddy. Tell daddy what you want. God is our heavenly father and he loves us. And he said, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more so will your heavenly father give good things to those who ask? The scripture also tells us that you have not because you ask not. And I've been trying to teach people for decades do not miss out on the good things you could have had just because you refuse to ask for them. Be the one asking. Well, what if God tells me no? Well, you didn't have it anyway. He's not going to do everything. He's not our step and fetch it. You've got, you've got these lying preachers walking around saying, you need to, you need to de demand that God do something. Demand the works of his hands. You need, you need to hold God accountable to his word. I'm like, mm, you must have been raised by some soft parents if you can even say that out of your mouth. Uh, anybody believe your children ought to demand that you do something good for them? That ain't how children and parenting work. Uh, God said that we can ask him for stuff, and if he wants to do it, he will do it. Let your requests be made known unto God. This is basically what Jesus told those two blind men. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. Now, see, they already had a leg up on most people in this room because they called Jesus Lord out of their mouth. They already believed in him. They already knew who he was, and they knew that he was able, and they believed that he would do it for them. And that's where most people come up short. Jesus asked them, what do you want to do for me? He already knew the answer, but he wanted them to ask. God says, let your request be made known unto me. God already knows what you're going to ask for, but he wants you to ask. I've had people say, people that doubt that God still heals people in 2022, I've heard people say, well, if God's a he, if God gifts people to heal, why don't they just go to the cancer ward and empty the whole place out? Because that's not the way the healing of God takes place. Jesus didn't go to the sick places and, and clear them all out. Jesus didn't clear out every leper colony in the Galilee region. But as people met him and they asked for his help, he gave it to them. And I want you to think right now. Are you letting your requests be made known unto God? Re remember, what he did for others, he can do for you. Remember, we have these stories for our example. Remember, God never changes. Remember, God doesn't play favorites. And think about what he did for others. He saved them. God could save you today. Being a good person is not going to get you to heaven. Keeping rules and regulations is not going to get you to heaven. The Bible says by uh, keeping the law, no, no one will be justified. We're justified by believing in Jesus. The Bible says that we're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Not by how often we go to church, not by whether or not we keep the nursery. It's by faith in Christ Jesus. If you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and you have asked him to save you, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. So God saved people. We got that example. He also healed people. He also saved people's family members. He also stepped into people's situations and made things better. Now, I don't know. If Jesus was passing by right now, some of y'all would still be asleep. Some of y'all just want it to be over so you could get out of here. Some of y'all would sit back and doubt. But whoever would open their mouth and say, God, this is what I really, really, really want you to do for me. And I know you can. And he might do it. What do you want God to do for you today? If you don't know right off the top of your head, then you're not spending enough time praying. You're not spending enough time praying. Everybody that, that, that knows me knows the, 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 two th the two biggest things I've ever wanted from God in my life was to save me and to save both my children. That's, that's, what's, that's, that's one and two on my whole list. I don't know what's on your list. 
Uh, but I know I wanted God to fix that neck sweat. Uh, it's been over two weeks. I've eaten out every day for the last two weeks because that's my course. Um, and I have not had one drop of sweat on my neck because God loves me and he asked me what I wanted from him. And I asked him to take that away and he did it. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. And here's what I want. I want you to see God do something big for you. What he did for me not, might not be big to you, but I'm telling you, it was, it was big to me. What do you want him to do for you? We're going to have a time of invitation. We don't take time to do this often, but we're going to do it today. And here's what I want you to do. Everybody that calls Jesus Lord, I want you to ask him to do something for you. Something that matters to you. Something that means something to you. So, something that, that will 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 change your life for the better i, I want to ask elder keon to come down front um and if, if listen we're gonna have a time of invitation if you're here and you are not saved i want you to come and i want you to let this man of god pray with you and lead you to christ everybody else the only people i want going to this elder are people who are coming for real salvation he's gonna stand right down front if you want real salvation i want you to come this, this, this man is, uh, is ordained as an elder in the Lord's church. The Spirit of God is on his life, and he can tell you how to be born again today. Everybody else, every, don't go to him for rededication. Don't go to him for any other, just because you want salvation. But everybody else that's really saved, and you already know how to call Jesus Lord, I want you to either where you are, or if you're really serious, come down front and get on this altar. And I want you to pray. Some of you need to pray for your family members today to have real salvation. Some of you need to come talk to this elder and get real salvation. Some of you are hurting physically like I was. Some of you are hurting financially. Some of you are hurting because people you love are hurting. We've got a God that loves us so much and doesn't play favorites that he said, let your request be made known to me. Come tell me what you want. And I want to see God do something great for you. If you're physically able, I want you to stand on your feet with me as I pray. God, thank you for healing me. Thank you for healing so many, God. You are a miraculous, wonder-working God. And Lord, I ask you right now to give us faith to believe that you're more than enough. God, I pray today would be a day where your people would trust you. God, I pray for every person who's unsaved that, that today would be the day that you saved them. God, I'm asking you now by faith to have your way in this place. Do what only you can do. God, save, heal, and deliver in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now, what I want to see happen is I, if you're here and you're saved, I want you to start praying right now. I want you to start. You can pray where you are. You can come down to this altar and pray. Uh, so, some of you, you ain't been to the altar in a long time. You got family members that need your prayer on this altar right now. Some, some of you ain't been to the altar in a long time. You, you, need, you need prayer for your own life on this altar here today. If you want salvation, you come talk. If you're worried about your salvation, you come talk to Elder Keon and you get that settled today. Whatever God lays on your heart to do, you do it. You do whatever God lays on your heart to do. Believe that he's able. Jesus is passing by your way. Don't let anybody stop you from getting to him. Jesus is passing by your way today and I want you to call out to him. I want you to call on his name. I want you to ask him to save you. I want you to ask him for whatever your need is. I want you let him know. Jesus would say to you, and I know it. People ask, what would Jesus do? He'd do what he did before. And what did he do before? He said, tell me what you want me to do for you. Tell him right now. All over this room, in the chairs, on the altar, in the floor, ask God whatever it is you want God to do for you. I want you to ask him today. He's able. Come on, let's talk to God. Every real Christian in the room, be praying. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. The blood of Jesus Christ has been shed for our forgiveness. The blood of Jesus Christ has purchased our salvation. Jesus is Lord. Beside him, there is no real God. God loves you. God wants to fix you. 
God wants to touch you. He wants to help you. He's a loving Father. He's a kind and gracious, merciful God. The Bible says that He's slow to anger and quick to forgive. He's ready to pardon. He's able to save, heal, and deliver to the utmost those who call on Him. I want you to call on Him right now. I want you to believe God. Believe Him for the biggest thing going on in your life right now. Some of you are going through some stuff. Believe Him right now for that. Believe Him for the smallest thing going on in your life right now. He cares. He wants to know. He wants to know the details of your life. Yeah, He knows. Because He knows everything. But He wants you to share it with Him. He wants you. He, want the, he says He can hear the thoughts in your mind. Let Him hear out of your mind today what it is you need. Or even open your mouth right now and begin to just ask Him out loud. You need to be like those two blind men. Don't stop. Don't let anybody stop you from getting to your God. Don't let anything hold you back from what you're expecting out of your God. He wants to step into your situation. He healed those two blind men. He gave them exactly what they asked for. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will not change. We got these stories for our examples. That God wants to heal you. He wants to fix your mind. He wants to steady your life. He wants to do for you what nobody else can do for you. You just need to ask him today. Call on the Lord. Tell Him you love Him. Call on His name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The mercy of God is everlasting. The goodness of God is everlasting. The grace of God is everlasting. cannot escape the presence of the living God. Just let him know right now. Let him hear from your mouth that you want something from him. He's a good father. Good fathers want to bless their children. Let God bless you today. Let God touch you today. Let God speak to you today. One touch from God can change you for the rest of your life. God can do something. You, you've been trying to get something done for a long time. God can accomplish more in the blink of an eye just because you ask Him than we could work on forever. This, this could be your last moment. This could be your last hour. This could be your last opportunity. I believe God is a Savior. I believe God is a healer. I believe God is a deliverer. Uh, the Bible says there's nothing too hard for God. Put your big problems on God. It's not a big problem to Him. Put your little problems on God because He loves you and He cares for you. And He wants to be your God. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to be your Savior. He wants to be your Deliverer. He wants to be your God that you trust, that you care about, that you cling to, that you talk to, that you have a close relationship with. Some of you just need to know that He still loves you. Just ask Him, God, show me how much you love me and help me to love you the way I should. This is your time. Don't rush out on God. This is your time. We're not going to leave this place until everybody has done what they need to do for the Lord. God is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. He's moving in lives right now. Let Him move in your life. He's saving people right now. Let Him save you. He's supernaturally touching every hurt right now. Let Him touch you. Just declare to him. Call him Lord. Call him Lord. Believe on his name. Call him Lord. And let your requests be made known unto him. God, we love you. and We thank you for loving us, God. I thank you for each person who came today. Lord, I thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for being a good God. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for desiring to bless us. God, I thank you for healing me of this disease that they said had no cure. God, you're bigger than medicine. And God, I pray that you'd give us faith every time a situation looks bleak, every time a situation looks uncurable, every time something looks stacked against us, God, I pray that you'd let our confidence soar knowing that my God is able because he's more than enough. God, I pray that you would 
grow our faith. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, God, to overflowing. Let our lives be poured out before you like a drink offering. God, I pray that you would let us go out from this place representing you to the highest God, that people would know that there is a God in heaven and his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and you are still alive, and you were before, and you are now, and you will be the one that comes for us, God. And we thank you, Lord, that today is coming, that you're going to rescue us from this place. And God, I pray as long as we're here that you give us strength and hope and faith to believe in you, God, that we would never waver in our belief system in you. You are in control. You're the God that cares, and nobody can do anything without your approval, God. So thank you for everything that's going on, God. Thank you for the situation, God. Thank you for the good days and the bad days, the happy days and the sad days. Thank you, God, that life tests us so we can have a testimony, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would bring remedy. Bring remedy now in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you'd bring help now in Jesus' name. You told us to come and to talk to you and that you would give us mercy and we can find grace to help in time of need. God, we have needs right now. We ask you, God, to be our help, be our strength, be our hope. There's nobody beside you. There's nobody like you, God. And we bow to you today. We bow to you in love and in worship and in faith, knowing. Even as Jesus said, I thank you that you hear me. And I know because you hear me, I have what I ask. Thank you, God, for hearing your children today. Thank you, God, for moving heaven and earth. God, I pray for manifestation of every prayer that was mentioned today. Everyone that called you Lord and believed in you by faith, God, I pray for remedy and I pray for salvation. I pray for healing. I pray for hope to spring forth from this place like rivers of living water. Have your way, God. Have your way. Have your way in this place, God. Have your way in my life. God, I pray you'd have the way in every life in this room. Have your way in every life in this room, God, for every true Christian. Help us to call you Lord and help us to share what we want with you. Thank you for caring about what we want. Thank you for caring about us. We're insignificant to so many, but you care. Thank you for letting us find significance in you. You said that we're accepted in your family. Thank you for accepting us, God, when others didn't. Thank you for never giving up on us. God, you said that you're married even to the backslider. God, thank you for covenant. Thank you for holding on to us when we couldn't hold on. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray for every lost person in this room who's untouched by your love. God, I pray that you would show yourself to everyone. Let us declare your glory in the land of the living God let us see your goodness in the land of the living thank you God for all that you've done we thank you in advance by faith for all that you're going to do in Jesus name amen thank you for listening to the ALCF sound doctrine podcast and visit us on the web at alcfnow.org Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to alcfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.